Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee, by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is sponsored by the game, Best Fiends. We've talked about it before, but after listening and consuming true crime all day, sometimes I need a bit of a break, a chance to clear my mind and have a little fun. So my go-to when I need that little reprieve, or when I'm sitting in the parking lot for a school pickup, is absolutely Best Fiends. It is a fun and casual game filled with engaging puzzles to keep your brain entertained. I am on level 90 now and have about 11 cute characters to play with. And let me tell you, this was a lifesaver during the holidays. It doesn't require internet, so I could play no matter where they took me. The game updates monthly with new levels and challenges so you never lose interest. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Remember, that's friends without the R. Best Fiends. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. We arrived, they found the telephone and electricity lines. Weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. murder. There are laws that prevent criminals in the U.S. from profiting off their stories. 
If there weren't, we would have millionaires in prison and very callous, gruesome, and disrespectful stories to read. But there are no such laws in Indonesia. On February 1st, 1978, a man was born who would later turn his deadly crimes into a lucrative money-making opportunity. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Most of what we know about the Indonesian serial killer, born February 1st, 1978, comes from his very own memoir. A memoir written once he was put away in prison, and that earned him quite a lot of money. Very Intam Hanyenzia, who refers to himself as Ryan, claimed that his life pre-crime was a pretty good one. He was a good student through all of his schooling and went on to become a Quran studies teacher post-high school. When he was 20 years old, he began dating his first Quran teacher, a man, and the two dated for nine years. Now, living as an openly gay Muslim gave him notoriety that wasn't always positive, but he lived his life the way he wanted and didn't let others change him. He dabbled in modeling and the fitness industry, becoming an aerobics instructor for a while. We know all of this from his book, one that had an initial printing of 4,000 copies and earned a large sum of money that he gave to his mother. Inside of this book, along with childhood memories, was a map of his backyard at his family's home in East Java. In between the septic tank, a chicken coop, and a fish pond showed a total of 10 graves marked with letters that told the reader each of their names. According to Ryan, during the two years of his crimes, all of his 11 victims provoked him in one way or another. Two of his victims, again, according to Ryan, came to his home and groped him in hopes that they could date him. He believed that his sexuality was being used as a reason to satiate their lust rather than truly care for him. One victim was a woman whom he claimed came to seduce him. He killed her and her three-year-old daughter who was a witness. An additional four of his victims, three men and one woman, came to his home to seduce him. This angered him and caused him to kill each, though he claims he can't remember most of his crimes. One he does remember, the one that would finally send him to prison, was his last. Harry Santoso, 40, offered Ryan money and a car to have sex with his boyfriend. According to Ryan, he grew so angry and jealous that he blacked out. When he came to, he was surrounded by blood with cut-up pieces of flesh in his lap. He went on to explain that most of his victims were also gay men, but all of them made him feel cheap and angry. When the bodies of his victims were found, each was more gruesome than the one before. Harry was found at a roadside in Jakarta, cut into seven pieces and skewered with a crowbar. The rest were buried in his backyard. The body that was found, that of Harry Santosa, was the only one to be found without his assistance, and was the one ultimately caused his capture. He was arrested on July 15, 2008, during which he confessed to the additional 10 murders and gave their location. After his arrest, Ryan became known as the Singing Serial Killer. He would entertain the court officers, his fellow inmates, and the media all from his jail cell. This became another money-making adventure when he recorded his album filled with songs about his life, his remorse, his boyfriend, and his family. He was extremely popular 
and was often visited by teenage girls in his cell so they could take photos with him. He was found guilty, and despite claiming he was hallucinating and didn't know what he was doing when he committed these crimes, he was sentenced to death on April 6, 2009. But he wasn't done shocking the public. In October of 2010, despite his open homosexuality, Ryan announced that he was planning to marry a woman to fulfill his mother's wishes. But she wasn't just any female. She was any Wajaya, a convicted drug dealer whom he met while they were both detained. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on February 2nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.